Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the History 101 podcast. As always, I'm your substitute teacher, Mr. Woods, and today we'll be going in-depth on the story of the American flag. So hoist your flags, get under that flagpole, and let's get ready to learn about the Stars and Stripes. What up, what up? It's your boy North. Class is in session. Take your seats, take your seats. Anyway, welcome back to the podcast. This is episode four. First order of business. Claps in the chat. We're on iTunes, baby. Basically casting a wide net, Spotify, iTunes, you name it. We're going worldwide, so we already are worldwide, but... Anyway, I got a special episode for you today, so excited to talk about it. I am in France still, and we're talking about the American flag, so keeping it a little weird, but anyway, got a couple housekeeping items to get to before that. First of all, been getting some super good feedback, so please keep sharing the pod with your friends and fam. Um, My 80-year-old grandfather hit me up that he liked our Titanic episode, so... You know, we're extending uh, generations here. Um, Also, because the pod's on Spotify, uh, which I think you can use without an account if you've got an Android, um, and if you've got an iPhone, obviously, podcast app um, on Apple, because can't say it enough, Apple Apple Podcast, baby, let's go. Um, But we're going to take over this industry. Uh, I mean, we're helping some peeps get learned. COVID-19 is still not over. And if you're trying to better yourself, what better place to come than my classroom? So uh, yeah, excited about it. Um, Second, it's my birthday tomorrow, guys. 16th of June, recording on the 15th, obviously. Um, And just toss me some love. That's all I ask. For my birthday, uh, you know, hit me with some story tags and and stuff like that. But uh, because this podcast is sponsored by me. And we're hosted on NPR, North Public Radio. Uh, so if you didn't, uh, if you want to support the podcast, just uh, please keep sharing and sending me your thoughts and ideas for future apps on the potty, because uh, this podcast costs zero dollars and zero euros to make. So the only currency we're dealing with here is love and support from listeners like you. So. Please keep, uh, please keep liking, sharing, subscribing, hitting that bell icon, um, and just give me your thoughts because I'm trying to get better here. Uh, and final piece of business here, we have received some complaints. Um, not going to name names, but can't believe I have to do this. Got to define some terms for our older listeners, some vocabulary. So quick disclaimer, I know I use some kind of odd slang from time to time and use a sort of 1.1 version of American English. Um, I mean, this is an evolving language, people. Get with a effing program. But don't worry about it. You will learn as soon as, uh, as we go along. Um, it's just part of the charm of this podcast. So first of all, we have AF, a much requested definition by our listeners, particularly those of the uh, 
generation that was born after World War II. We're not going to name names there. Um, this is just an acronym for as fuck. AF, AF, as fuck. I cannot believe I have to say this, but yeah. So, Mr. Woods, can you please use it in a sentence? Yeah, those shoes are cool AF, all right? Literally just a way to like plus up an adjective. Uh, second, we have dope. Can't believe I have to do this too, but no, this is not a drug reference. Just means cool or good. So, if we're sticking with the shoes, yo, those shoes are dope. That just means cool. And yeah. Lastly, we have OP. This is just an acronym for overpowered. Um, and it really just means like super strong. So again, North, your arms are so big. Yeah, they're OP. They're super strong. All right. Anyway, there you have it. Hope you learned something before the podcast is even fucking five and a half minutes old. Um, anyway, today's episode is the history of the American flag. And the reason I'm making this episode is because yesterday was flag day in the USA. So the 14th of June every year. I uh, hope you guys celebrated. Um, definitely a big day. So let's get into it. The history of the American flag. In this episode, America is going to refer to the United States. Um, I know in reality, America refers to both North and South America. So the whole, you know, from Canada to Argentina. Um, but we're keeping it colloquial. So America. So first of all, why the fuck do countries even have flags? Now, this is, this is a question I had for sure. Why aren't they like, why aren't countries rocking tats, tattoos, um, or like massive boards or like something cool like that? Uh, why just like some piece of cloth that's basically like a thin blanket? Um, well, historically, flags were just for military use and they were just to represent armies or communication on the battlefield. And they're super light. They can be folded, stuffed in a little sack, if you wish, um, and can be visible from 360 degrees. Uh, so they're perfect for battlefields. And they flap in the wind, so, you know, look super dope, too. As ships became more and more popular in the 15 and 1600s, flags graduated that warfare status and came to represent nations on ships on the high seas. So, for example, like the Dutchies up in the Netherlands when they're doing their spice shit in Asia, and then the obviously the Brits when they're they're just a massive sea power uh, during that time. So they adopted um, flags to represent themselves on those ships. Uh, the Brits specifically adopted the Union Jack to represent uh, this new union under I think it was King James some fucking number don't ask me about british history or english history that shit's fucking so lost on me um that so they adopt the union jack to represent this new union of england scotland and ireland on the 12th of april 1606 so hella fucking long ago i mean don't even ask me how many centuries that was but a lot uh as various revolutions went down national unifications new republics city-states becoming one, and just general national pride started to grow throughout the 1700s as a result of those unifications and revolutions. Um, flags became symbols for all those things and what those revolutions and unifications represented, and governments and citizens alike became, began displaying 
um, a national flag. And this flag's design, you know, for any country was usually cemented by a government order um, in the 1700s or 1800s. And as those 17 hundos turned to 18 hundos, most nations in the world had adopted a national flag. Um, so it, it started as like a very European idea because those were the big colonial powers of the time. And they had a, a reason because they were very, they were waging wars and hitting the high seas for, for shits and gigs. Um, but, uh, it, it, you know, Japan, different countries in Asia started adopting a national flag in the 1800s. Anyway, let's get back to America. The flag of British America was adopted in 1707. And this if you can picture it in your head, featured a Union Jack in the top left corner with the rest of the flag solid red. So picture like the flag of Australia, uh, but instead of that blue with those, I don't know how many stars, it was just all red. So kind of a nice flag, but um, the this flag was really only used by the ships of the 13 colonies, like I said, uh, you know, at the beginning of the 1700s, flags were really just kind of maritime things. Um, when the American Revolutionary War broke out on the 19th of April, 1775, so almost 70 years on from that original uh, adoption, it was necessary to adopt a new flag to represent the Continental Cong Congress and this hopeful new nation. Uh, th this is now a war-torn America, colonies, so obviously, you know, that military heritage of the flag is kicking in and they got to represent themselves. Um, some colonies slash states like Massachusetts and New York had been rocking their own flags just prior to this. Um, as you know, national independence and, and fervor started to grow. But on the 3rd of December, 1775, so like eight months into the Revolutionary War, the Grand Union flag, or Continental Colors, was adopted. And this flag was actually pretty fucking dope. Um, it had a Union Jack in the top left corner, but like to, uh, just like today's American flag, it had 13 red and white stripes for the rest of the body. And this flag was, to the best of my knowledge, chosen because it could be made super easily just by sewing white stripes onto that pre-existing flag um, of British America. And it also probably felt hella good to do that because they were kind of changing a British thing into an American thing. Um, and so, you know, it's a total middle finger to the Brits to just fuck up their flag. But again, super easy and cheap to make. Um, flash forward to the 14th of June, 1777. So about one and a half years later, the Second Continental Congress passes the quote-unquote flag resolution stating, and I quote here, resolved that the flag of the United States be 13 stripes, alternate red and white, that the Union be 13 stars, white in a blue field, representing a new constellation. Chills. Such chills there. But... This is uh, pretty much the flag that we all know and love. Um, it did not have a specific design. Like if you remember, they, they're not saying like, yo, throw them in a star or throw them in a circle. Um, but it was most commonly interpreted as the one we all know and love, which is the 13 stripes and 13 stars in a circle. And in my opinion, that is the hardest American flag ever. By the way, hard in this sense just means super cool. 
context clues peeps all right get with the program but that's a super dope flag would easily wrap that at my house uh or maybe like on my whip if i ever get one um so june 14th as you remember flag resolution passes and now that's the reason why flag day today is celebrated on june 14th so i believe it was eisenhower if i remember correctly who actually cements this into law to make it a national day but yeah anyway it's the 15th of june so like we totally fucked up not releasing this episode yesterday but it is what it is and gotta wait 364 days i guess um maybe 365 because this year's a leap year i digress so the revolutionary war still ongoing and the new american flag gets its first day in court at fort stanwix during the siege of Fort Stanwix on the 3rd of August, 1777. So all the fucking Brits and loyalists were probably like, no, we fucked up so bad. The Americans have the chillest flag ever. Immediate side switch for them, I bet. Brits should have given up then and there, in my opinion, because like flag game just too strong. Uh, But there have been many claims to the circular starred first flag. Uh, but actually no concrete evidence exists for who sauced up that sweet design. And however, um, it does remain as the most popular interpretation of the flag from that 1777 resolution. So victory comes in the Rev War. Spoiler alert if you died before September of 1783. Um, But the third of that month, 1783, That's when the the United States becomes a new nation, baby. Let's go. And as I mentioned before, this independence gives big support to the idea of a national flag for governments and civilians alike because it represents what they fought to achieve. So the the Constitution coming down and just what all that they did since the Declaration of Independence, um, the, the flag means so much more than just militaries or armies. It now means all those ideas put forth by our founding fathers. Um, moving forward to 1795, and a new flag act is passed stating that a new American flag is to be created with 15 stars and 15 red and white stripes to reflect the entry of Kentucky and Vermont into the United States. Fun fact, uh, this was the only flag with 15 stripes ever. So um, they were probably like, bro, we got to keep the stripes to 13. The shit is getting way too much. Plus, it's like just way easier to sew on a star than it is to add another stripe. Um, And also, like, imagine if we had 50 stripes today. It It would just not look good. So really hope that later on in this podcast, we're going to be discussing why we went back to the 13. Um, anyway, this 15 star, uh, and striped flag would actually be the flag that would inspire Francis Scott Key to write the star spangled banner, which is our national anthem, of course. So huge shout out to that flag, even if it did look like shit. Um, just because, uh, the star spangled banner was, um, inspired by it. And for that reason, this flag is referred to as the star spangled banner flag. Um, So flash forward to the 4th of April, 1818, when another flag act is passed, this time standardizing that the U.S. flag is to have 13 red and white stripes representing those OG 13 colonies and having 20 stars representing each each state. 
and because there were 20 states at the time of the act. Um, interestingly, there was never a flag with 16, 17, 18, or 19 stars. So sorry to Tennessee, Ohio, Louisiana, and I think Indiana, shout out Indiana. Um, but it took for Mississippi, the 20th state, to get added uh, to get a new flag passed. So huge shade that it was it was Mississippi. I mean, like no disrespect to Mississippi, but eh. This Flag Act of 1818 also specified that a new star would be added on the 4th of July each year if a new state was added to the Union. Um, so you would have to wait. They would basically take stock on the 4th of July every year and go, like, do we need to add a star or not? Um, and if there were new states, yes, no, no. So obviously the 1800s and Manifest Destiny happens. Everyone's moving out west looking for that Cali surf. So hella new stars are added because of all the new states. And by 1891, there were 44 states and stars. Um, and by 1892, the Pledge of Allegiance is written by Francis Bellamy, uh, which also kind of cements the flag as just an important symbol of uh, the United States of America. In 1912, with Mexico and Arizona entering the Union, the quote-unquote lower 48 uh, are now all states. So a new flag is created, and this would be the second longest waving flag in history, um, having a having a tenure until 1959 when Alaska and Hawaii um, eventually achieved statehood. Um, it was with the 48-star American flag that a uniform design for the star arrangement was adopted. Before that point, there were many variations other than just lines of stars. And this took, like, in retrospect, they look so fucking stupid. But look up pics because they probably thought they were so tight at the time. But anyway, thank God we just, like, you know, put them in lines. Um, so like I said, before we got two new states, Alaska and Hawaii, um, uh, we had 48 and then the 50 star flag is adopted in finally in 1960 because in 1959, Alaska and Hawaii had become states. So 60 years on 2020, and it's still the longest waving version of the American flag. So fingers crossed for Puerto Rico so we can get a 50 Uno flag. But, uh, this flag has been our, our nation's flag for a lot of cool shit. Um, it's been on the top of Mount Everest, and it's been on the moon. So can't argue with that 50-star swag. So let's quickly talk about some other flags of U.S. history. Um, the first is Don't Tread on Me. I'm sure you guys have all seen it. This flag is called the Gadsden flag and is yellow with a coiled rattlesnake on it. And under the rattlesnake are the words, don't tread on me. So this snake represents, as far as I can tell, just the concept of independence. Uh, Benjamin Franklin created a woodcut political cartoon in 1751 of a snake who represented each of the colonies um, with the caption, join or die. And you've probably seen it. Um, fun fact, my aunt actually has a join or die license plate. Uh, she lives in Philly. So, um, a lot of, a lot of Philly pride there. Flash forward to the first year of the revolutionary war, 1775, and the continental army sets up a Navy 
Um, obviously, because the Brits had a super strong navy, so got to attack them somehow. Um, and a group of Marines from Philadelphia joined this navy. Uh, Philadelphia is Benny Frank's home, by the way. Um, and had they adopted Franklin's rattlesnake idea and had painted it on their drums. Yes, I said drums. You know, still, this is 1775. Like, you know, things are different. Um, but they painted that snake with the words, don't tread on me under it. And this, it gets kind of complicated from here for, to the best of my research. But basically, Christopher Gadsden, who's a dude from South Carolina and a naval colonel, sees this desi- design, thinks it's fucking dope, and presents it to be used as the standard of the American Navy. So not just a not just flying the American flag, but also, you know, a special standard uh, to wave into battle also. Um, and while this flag obviously never became the, the nation of America's flag, the rattlesnake has been incorporated into the um, incorporated into the seal emblem and flag of the Department of the Army since 1783. So it's got over 200 and zero maths here, but it's got a long history and, uh, you know, still still exists today. This flag, uh, the Don't Tread on Me flag, Gadsden flag, still very popular today. And it's just kind of come to represent patriotism and support for civil liberties. Civil liberties. Um, it's actually been adopted by various political parties throughout history, including libertarianism, and now most popular with the Tea Party movement. Um, and this is why the context of the flag is important, because it's got a meaning ranging from just the spirit of the American Revolution, the popularity of, of searching for a, a life with unabridged liberties, um, to fervent nationalism and, um, and political sentiment. So context is important, as always. And of course, we got to discuss the Confederate flag. Um, maybe I'll do an episode on the Confederate flag, as it's obviously very relevant in America today, uh, with the NASCAR just banning it at its races. Um, but right now I'm just going to talk about its origins and relation to the American flag. So first the Confederate flag, which is usually called the, the, the first Confederate flag is called the stars and bars and was adopted on the 4th of March, 1861. So my civil war history is super fucking bad, but I, it, this is just after the Confederacy is kind of established, I believe. I think they had a Confederate Congress meeting in like February of 1861, um, which kind of like outlined everything. So, but anyway, the Confederate Congress sets up a committee to create a flag and seal for the new Confederate States of America and was apparently bombarded by people who did not want to abandon the flag of the United States, probably because they thought it was dope AF, like no complaints there. Um, but the committee created the stars and bars and it was to be very similar to the flag of the USA, same colors and everything. Um, it was, it was very similar to today's flag of Austria. And in the top left corner had a blue block with the stars in a circle. Um, and it even adopted that same principle of adding a, adding a star for each state that seceded from the Union into the Confederacy. Um, and you can see the various iterations 
of the Confederate flag. It was changed, uh, I, I believe, twice. So there are three total Confederate flags between 1861 and the Confederacy's dissolution in 1865. Um, but the reason multiple flags were created was because, as I like, as the original resemblance to the American flag um, kind of lost favor with the Confederate peoples who were looking for, you know, to be less like the Union. Um, they they adopted new uh, flags. So uh, I saw one big complaint that they wanted less blue on the flag because blue was the sign of the Union. Um, so I understand that. And again, this is like a, uh, you, this is very much this is very much in line with the idea of a flag being the symbol of a nation, but also being the symbol of a, of a military. Um, so what is referred to as the quote unquote Confederate flag today, uh, that you see, you know, um, all the time in the news and stuff and, and just, uh, in general was actually never an official flag of the Confederate States of America. In fact, it was the battle flag used by the army of Northern Virginia led by General Robert E. Lee. So it does have a lot of connection to Robert E. Lee, but in essence, it was just a battle flag. Um, but despite this, the so-called rebel flag or Dixie flag, which are some of the nicknames for that Confederate battle flag, um, has experienced continued usage uh, into 2020, mostly in the, in the Southern United States. Um, and it ranges anywhere from a symbol to, of uh, just Southern pride um, and kind of rebellion, I guess, against, uh, you know, anything, but uh, to outright racism and hatred. And I'm just going to leave that there because that would definitely deserve its own episode. But uh, yeah, that is a, that's our little brief touch point on the Confederate flag. So let's chat about some myths associated with the American flag. The first and probably most popular myth is that the American seamstress Betsy Ross sewed the first American flag with 13 stripes and 13 stars in a circular fashion. So that's easily my favorite flag and it's a lot of times referred to as the Betsy Ross flag for this reason. Um, but in fact, uh, this myth popped up in 1870, so almost a hundo years after the flag was created, by none other than Ross's grandson himself. So, wow, I wonder what your motivation is, boss. But uh, he told the Historical Society of Pennsylvania uh, that it was Betsy who sewed that original flag. And this kind of gets, it, get, it gets some traction and several famous paintings are created. And I, there's one specifically of Betsy sewing this. It's like across her lap sewing the flag and it's like very obviously that that original flag um but in my opinion this is absolute bullshit and this dude like totally fucked up history with this absolute lie but betsy did sew flags in philly in the 70s 187 1770s rather it's uh but it's really just a cute myth um there's no hard evidence that it was her who created this tough as fuck flag um, that flew over Fort Stanwix in 77. So, dude, cool fucking story, but you kind of fucked up history making your grandma seem super fucking cool when in reality she was just, you know, crushing a couple flags for the boys. Um, 
The second myth is that there is a specific reason for the flag being red, white, and blue. In fact, there's no reason. The At least outlined in any official law, order, or resolution, there is no rhyme or reason as to why red, white, and blue were used. Um, the Secretary of the Continental Congress, Charles Thompson, who helped design the Great Seal of the United States, um, in 1782, he says in a, in a order or like a little commentary to the Continental Congress, he goes, white signifies purity and innocence, red hardness and valor, and blue signifies vigilance, perseverance, and justice. So quick maths here, but that's like seven fucking things, bro. So clearly this dude was not like any more than an artist or a secretary. He was not a mathematician, but sounds good to me. It's a good story. More realistically, there is no reason for these colors. And it's just because those first flags were easy to make using the existing British America colonial flag. Um, and plus it's a nice little tribute to our former parents, the Brits. Uh, plus those colors are just fucking super cool in my opinion. That's why I love the, the French flag, the British flag, super cool. Love the Australian and New Zealand flags. Um, huge fan, huge fan. So the American flag has a pretty storied history, as you, as you can tell. I hope you guys found it as interesting as I did. Um, the American flag is definitely one of the most used flags, at least um, by private citizens in the world, uh, by Americans at least. And... It's fucking everywhere, from bumper stickers to front porches in Cali. Uh, for example, I live in France, and there are hella kids here. Like, I've just seen both in, in person and uh, on TikTok, of all places, that the American flag is even on kids' walls for decoration, because I think it's just, it's super cool and has kind of, and represents so much more than just the colors um, and the design. In France, the, the French flag is only on government buildings. Like, never will you see it at someone's house or w waving from their porch. Maybe on Bastille Day, 14th of July, which is the, the Independence Day in France. Um, but again, even though it represents that spirit of the French Revolution, it is just not as popular as it is in America. Um, and in some circles that kind of American flag stuff has come to represent fervent nationalism and even kind of a cult-like fervor for the nation of America. But in my opinion, um, again, this is like a context thing, but due to the emergence of our national flag at the same time as the struggle for independence and the war against the Brits, keep in mind the Revolutionary War raged through the colonies and then a civil war was fought to, you know, uphold those values and uphold kind of quote unquote justice and end that flag um, it, as evidenced by those Southerners wanting to distance themselves from it because it represented an, another nation in, in uh, entirety. Um, I mean, the flag was even on the moon. So the, this is, we were the first people on the moon and uh, the Americans. And to, to put that flag there, it just means so much more than, than uh, just national pride, but it represents the storied history of America. Um, the American flag, it doesn't represent a political party, 
uh, but rather just something, especially now that we just really need to remember, it represents why we are not the states, but the United States. And as we wrap up here, as always, quote to bring us out, um, and please remember this, whenever our country feels too complicated to understand, um, just remember these words from Abe Lincoln. Standing as I do with my hand upon this staff and under the folds of the American flag, I ask you to stand by me so long as I stand by it. Chills. Thanks for listening and talk to you guys soon.